Good evening and welcome to Nox Mente. Tonight's guest is Grimstake from the Cruising with Steak podcast. He has no public profile. All I know about him is he's a butcher named Steve. Grim, welcome to the show. Dude, thank you so much. And that's the best bio I've ever, ever heard. That pretty much sums up everything. We could just end the show right now. Because just, just a butcher thank you, everybody. We're, we'll be here next week. <laughs> a butcher named Steve, although you do have Cruising with Steak, which is a awesome podcast oh thanks nish it's we 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 do our best it's what mm, we do i love you it I, of course jerry sits in like every week <laughs> no no we don't yeah jerry jerry and felix are uh pretty much co-hosts at this point i know it's been uh it's it's really, our tuesday night hangout yeah that's not really your that's not cruising with steak though you guys can still do podcasts these are more yeah but they're yeah, like the more, intros yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that was the whole thing because we, you know, we were interviewing so many people, and it's like, you know, everybody's doing an interview like podcast. There's so many good ones, so it's like, I'm just kind of tired of inviting people and talking to people. So we just started hanging out. No, it's more than that. You get bored. You're bored of it. It's like, okay, I've I've talked to all the people I wanted to talk to. Now I'm out of here. Yep. And it's like, if anybody else I want to like hear, like I'll, they're on some way better podcasts than ours that I could listen to. Like, so it's not even. And then you invite them on your show. Yeah. Yeah. And if I wanted to, that, yeah, exactly. Uh, MJ's here. Hey, MJ. Oh, MJ. Oh, What's cool. Up, Hello, MJ. Happy New Year to you. Good Happy morning. New Year. I'm not in the chat, so I don't see who, who may be there. But that's I'm giving, awesome. I'm giving I love you guys, that MJ's uh, there. I'm I run the chat. My full attention. I run the chat. She runs the Jerry's show. Jerry's in the chat. Yep. So let's tomorrow. let's get into it, Steve. Because it it seems like we try to keep it at two hours, and I'm it always, it feels like it always wants to go over. Whatever you want to do, we'll go as we'll go as long, or if I'm, I mean, I don't know if I'm interesting <laughs> enough to fill two hours, but we could we could talk about anything as long or as deep as you need. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I don't know if I'm capable of either of those things. See, this was the thing I was worried about with this show is Steve is one of the people in the world that I freely sexually harass because it's okay. Like I always say, Nish, you can't sexually harass the willing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's always completely inappropriate with you. You're like my outlet for it. And, right. um, and so, you know, I'm going to try and keep a stiff upper lip here. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna mute right now <laughs> anyway let's move on all right all right all right so give us a little bit of insight about the world you grew up in so the things that interested you all that you know this field the- okay uh I'm, I'm basically just a typical midwest guy from uh, you know, Northwest Indiana around, around Chicago and grew up from in a middle-class family in a small town. I mean, really nothing crazy. I loved video games. So I was a nineties kid, kept up with all the trends. What they, did you, and well, this is one of the things I thought would be great with you is I know that you did keep up with trends and stuff. So I'm interested in, especially the pop culture stuff that had your attention, cartoons, oh. video games, all that stuff. Oh man, I, I mean, I loved just all the all the classic cartoons, like like the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show. I grew up on that. It had so many action figures of those. Like, you know, just just X Men the animated series. There's just just so much so much good stuff. So I've I've always swayed to more of the geekier side of everything. Like I just I I I've always really loved like uh, 
RPG fantasy games like the Final Fantasy games and mm-hmm. growing up just just I, I just really I really love that whole aspect of things. Like I just I when I say keeping up with trends like I was never really like a trendy person but just looking at pop culture. Like the toys yeah, and yeah. stuff that would come in, you know, like Pogs yes. or like when Gigapets came in or like <laughs> those couple years when when yo-yos got really big out of nowhere. It's it's little stuff like that. It's just it's interesting. I remember my kids were into those uh, the second wave of of Beanie Babies, whatever they're I forget what they're called. But oh they, man, oh yeah, dude, I was they had backstories. That, yeah. that was a huge oh. craze. Yeah, I was in like fourth or fifth grade when Beanie Babies hit hard, so I was all over that. <laughs> and they were always touting like these are going to be going to go up exponentially, and you couldn't take tags off and. And they did, and then they came back yeah. down. And yeah, the Beanie Baby bubble burst. <laughs> so so now, that's how yeah. fast. Yeah. <laughs> now we're a Beanie Baby. No, well, it's, it's, uh, they're called, it's called Bitcoin. <laughs> Beanie Coin. Hey, listen, I'm in long haul with Bitcoin. Don't talk to me about that. I'll be. That's what everybody should be. Yeah. That's. I mean, no, nobody should have ever gotten into it thinking that they were gonna get rich all quick. You know, you got to hold on for dear life. Yeah. And hodl. Hodl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's only, it's only logical that cryptos are going to go somewhere because it's just the wave of the future as opposed right. to... They've I, actually well, been just... going up as the market's been going up, mm-hmm. especially yeah. the last well, two days. That's very yeah, I'm, interesting. I'm with that. That's like, I'm going to always be the other um, Thomas somewhere saying Bitcoin. Well, he's, in, <laughs> he's in chat, actually. Thomas is in the chat. Hello, Thomas. Synchro bell. I haven't seen Thomas in a long time. I know he's doing that walk. I found my bell, too. I have to go get that. So, nice. okay. So back to your early days. What about, like, the early, early you, young, 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 you? What cartoons did you like? Oh, man. Uh, young, young. Well, I, I want to say, like, if, I, I love Nickelodeon. Like I was huge into Nickelodeon cartoons, like Ren and Stimpy, Rocko's Modern Life, all that kind of stuff. So that kind of, uh, in some way, twisted my brain a little bit. Or like, do you remember well, Animaniacs and Tiny Toons? Like yes. those are just. Oh yeah, yeah. There, there, there was quality cartoons back then, and uh, you know, getting to that stuff. But I, honestly, the video games definitely took took more over, because that was I remember. What sent me down this huge crazy path was. Uh, this game called Dark Wizard for Sega CD. It was maybe like 90, 95 or 96, maybe 94, somewhere around there. But uh, this game... Dark Wizard? Had, yeah, yeah, but it had everything. It was, it was like a strategy game, but it had all this fantasy lore, Dungeons & Dragons stuff in it, like, you know, Hobbit elves, the whole everything, a lot of, like, Greek mytholog- mythological creatures. So that, uh, that actually made me get this huge, like, Greek mythology book from the library when i was in like like fourth or fifth grade it was just it was crazy like it sent me down a, a pretty crazy path then See, i read that is, took me to that's tolkien. what's so great right it'll take you to tolkien it'll take you to mm-hmm. which all this will take you to mythology and ancient storytelling if you if people that are interested and that's what's so great about how these things have have been a wave through modern pop culture mm-hmm. yeah it's it's all been a subtle implant. Like I think we were talking one night about how just the rise of uh, occultism just in all sorts of TV shows now. Like they're really pushing this narrative hard. Like you see it everywhere. 
yeah. I don't know if it's just more that I'm in tune to it than I have been in the past. Maybe. Well, there's all this Plutonian stuff too that's going on in that, you know, the cult's kind of under Pluto. And mm-hmm. so in in contemporary times right now, we are kind of seeing that, I think, play right. out also. I would also add that you you and I I agree with you for, for one, but also that I think that knowing what these things are that they're discussing and what's behind them is why it's different because you look at it differently because you know what yeah. those things really do and then that usually doesn't really jive with the story <laughs> unless mm-hmm. it's well written right yep. so uh i think that it's that it's a lot of that too that's were you into oh before we go i want to get back to your young young life but i wanted to ask i was kind of prompted <laughs> what cartoons do you watch now <laughs> oh, i'm all over anime like I have, I have a, like, see, this was a thing, uh, you know, I, I used to, I used to be like, be pretty big in anime, like when I was, when I was younger and then just this recent, this past year, I've just, it's, it's like a, it's like a drug almost like I'm a, I'm a, I'm an addict and I just, I got all over it. And now I just want to learn Japanese and move to Japan pretty much. What's the deepest, Japanese. most obscure, occulted anime you listen, watch? Oh, the deepest, most obscure oh, man. I that's. So I know it exists. I know those things exist. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't. I'm more of just a, a shonen geek. Like I like the lighthearted stuff. But if uh, you know what I'm saying, there's like the common Yu-Gi-Oh stuff and. Oh right. right! Oh, like Full Full Metal Alchemist is crazy. Like they're the the some of the stuff that they drop, like because they they do all these alchemy and then they have to drop signs and and do all this crazy shit. But it's like giant sigils that they're just blasting on the ground. Like that's there's like that's the one thing about anime. There's a lot of a lot of occultism in there. Like there's this one called uh, A Certain Magical Index where like Aleister Crowley's like a main character in the in the show, and there's it's it's crazy. But they they always slip a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, that the Japanese have always had my heart with everything. I mean, just from wabi sabi, like all of it, all the art, the um, just the sense. I couldn't right? live in the sense of order, though. You know, I, I'm like a chaos girl. So, oh yeah, like well, that's, order they, yeah. and rule. Oh lord, yes, and they're workaholics. Like that's why they yeah. had to combine all their holidays into one week and call it Golden Week and force everybody to take that whole week off otherwise isn't that hilarious they'll, yeah they'll just keep working <laughs> you get your one week now okay yeah. so back to young little baby steve um did you have a relationship <laughs> i love picturing you this way by the way um did you is this a diaper fantasy coming in oh my god hey that's cool I mean, we could yeah. make a diaper reality if you <laughs> want a little bottle <laughs> it's so terrible <laughs> no, diaper I, boys i have none of those kinds of fantasies i better put that out the conspiracy yeah (laughs) pedo gate so so not um there's that's like reverse pedo gate (laughs) it's a real fantasy in the world though like the adult play like that totally it's it's totally creepy it is very creepy i agree so did you have a relationship with nature oh absolutely like i grew up uh my my parents owned like uh, the ten acres and all of its woods, so like I basically grew up in the forest. Like oh, nice. I, I, I had an older brother, but like we kind of lived in the middle of nowhere. And my brother was five years older than me, so 
he'd be off kind of doing his own thing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I would grab an axe and just go out into the woods and chop down dead trees. <laughs> like some just just this is real weird stuff. But I spent a lot of time in the woods. Did you make forts and all that? Oh, tons, definitely. Huge brush forts, like yeah, it was great. You know, I'd go out there and hide my like hide my little porno mags that uh, we would share at school. Oh yeah, That's good stuff. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and I was a fort building. I think MJ said she was a fort builder too. If I recall, oh, you right. gotta you gotta have a good fort. Yeah, well, and people, we get this. It's so fun. So, all right, in this early period of you, mm-hmm. did you, was there anything kind of um, sparked by like supernatural, ghosts, all that kind of paranormal, weird, weirding stuff? Mm. No, not really. I mean, I always had like an interest in cryptids and uh, UFOs and stuff, but that was just being front loaded by TV. But I yeah. never had any kind of experience. Like, I mean, I had a, I had kind of like a, a poltergeist ghost experience when I was older, but never anything when I was young. It was very, it was a very average, uh, average childhood. I had nothing crazy happened. Family was pretty stable. Did you have siblings? Yeah, older brother. So it's just the two of you? Just the two of us. And were you raised religious at all? No. No, my parents never never went to church or anything. My mom would send me, uh, you know, with my grandma every now and then to her, her, uh, oh God, what was that, Baptist church for Sunday school, but that was only a few times. What did you think of the Baptist church going when you were little? Um, It was very laid back, and I remember having a crush on one of the girls that was in Sunday (laughs) school. So I didn't really pay much attention to anything that was going on there. Right, right. I've heard, I think Jerry and I yeah. heard that a couple times now about Sunday school. Yeah. So funny. But yeah, I mean, like, I have never been baptized or anything. I just kind of just oh doing my, my thing. You're a real heathen. Like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. And also just this like background info. What sign are you? What do you know about your church? Um, I I actually have it on my computer here. And uh, if I was actually retained information at all, I'd be able to tell you. But now I'm a Cancer Sun, and I want to say I'm a Sag Rising. Maybe. You could say that. Looking it up right here. Here we go. We got it. Bringing it up. Okay, cool. So we got a Cancer Sun. Mm. I'll read this out loud for people. Here, I'm just going to share my screen and let you look at this because I'm, uh, yeah, not skilled enough to look at this. This is the chart that Jerry made. So I don't know if this will give you any information you need. <laughs> you got to make it a lot bigger. Oh, man. No, no, no. That's that's big enough for me. Plus, I have my glasses on, so it's probably the worst time for me. Do you have your babushka on too? (laughs) I I do wear a babushka if it's cold, Jerry. Mm. Those are those are good. Oh, that's great. So, what do we have? Is this a Gemini moon? Yes, and uh, Sag rising, and eighth house sun. Nice. 
I'm gonna dig at that. A fiery crash. Also, send me a copy of this. I'd love to dig at it. But Put so that's some... just for general information for everyone. Otherwise, I'm gonna geek out too much here. <laughs> all right. So, all right. And then, did you? Were you a dream? Like, did you dream a lot when you were little? Do you have a recall of being a kid that was having dreams? You, you know, including nightmares and all that. I I, I remember having. I wouldn't say that they were like nightmares, but a lot of very high stress, high anxiety dreams. Like I was always being chased or there was always just something going on. I remember being super young and for some reason, uh, we watched the movie Little Monsters with Fred Savage, not even a scary movie. And I remember having like this just terrible dreams that night. Like I, I would have swore something was coming out from under my bed. And that was... Uh, yeah, that's that's one of those that stuck with me for a while. But uh, no, never. When would you say that was? How old would you say you oh, were? Oh God! I mean, when did that movie come out on VHS? I mean, it, I was maybe five, Dude. or six. Like I was little, little. We're talking that's antique VHS. Yeah, I mean, it was. That's almost like wax cylinders. <laughs> almost. <laughs> 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 Which was what what I came into. <laughs> what, are, what are wax cylinders? <laughs> the wax cylinders were like how we recorded first vocals and all that. Edison and all that. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Well, they had analog tape. Back. You're not that old. No, I, it's <laughs> a joke. It is. It's a joke. Kick. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I ruined it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm everyone, so it doesn't. No, no, I didn't get the joke, but now I do. Oh, uh, and then I ruined you could, it. You could be Nish, for all I know. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Mm, she's like that dude, Vandal Savage on Legends of Tomorrow. Never seen. No, that there's a there's a character in Zelda, Legend of Zelda that I always loved. That old immortal witch that lives out in way out in the woods. I can't remember her name. Um, Mom. You, do you guys know who I'm talking about? No, I was never huge into Zelda. <gasps> See, I like those stupid geeky games like Mario, Mega Man. Oh, no, I mean, that's great. But Legend of Zelda. Anyway, so she was one of my idols. I loved her. And she was all crazy looking, but she was an immortal. And to me, that goes with it. Like, you need to get more eccentric looking. The older and more immortal you get, the more you get into your immortalness. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm in such a strange mood. Okay, so. You were having these dreams. Did you have any of the typical fears that go along with some stuff like the darkness and the closet under the bed, all that? Stuff? Um. Well, once uh, that was pretty much the under the bed thing with little monsters was. Uh, I mean, that was that was pretty much all that. But the darkness never never really scared me. Like I remember, uh, we would me and my brother we would go and see how far like in the dark we could get into the woods before we'd freak out and like run back. Cause you know, it's like, there's no predatory animals or anything, nothing to really be, be afraid of around here. And that's, I mean, that, that's crazy. I haven't thought about that shit in forever, but we just, we would just walk deep into the woods and like kind of hear our voices. But, uh, no, darkness never really scared me. Um, let me think, you know, I did have uh, a lot of anxieties after I saw the movie Waterworld. Because oh, I thought that, like, seriously, the polar ice caps were going to melt and we were all going to be flooded. Or I'd have weird anxieties, like nuclear war and stuff. Like, I just remember being up late at night thinking about shit like that. Like, I'm, I'm sure I have undiagnosed horrible anxiety problems. 
That well, I mean, you have given us some anxiety stuff straight off the bat here. I will say I've spent some time in the woods in Indiana and I think it's a beautiful, the wooded areas are beautiful in that state. They are deep. It's deep woods. It's real woods. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's hard because if you compare it to like Nebraska, you know, (laughs) I hate to pick on Nebraska, but I mean, it is is so much farmland and so flat. Pick on that shitty state Idaho then. You know what? I love Idaho. What's wrong with Idaho? I don't know. That guy's giving me a bad impression of it. Oh, that's right. You know, I don't <laughs> know I, I'd actually live in that state. That state for that guy. Oh, yeah. There you go. Har, har, har. <laughs> um, okay, so into, into like the idea of dreams and what, what the dreamscape looks like for you how you experience it and if it's changed over your life at all so you know all the tactile stuff is it color black and white sensate can you read all that stuff it's color and uh, i don't ever recall reading or smelling anything but i feel pain which is weird like i've i've died twice in dreams like straight up died i know i've died Okay, One wait, time. pump the brake there, Steve. I'm pumping it. Um, died in dreams twice, and do you have recall of these? Oh, 100%. Like they are, they're etched into my brain. Okay, One... I want to get into those straight away. Let's get into them after you give us the... the um... Do you like how I'm just pushing you around? This is how close we are. Oh, I like it. Be, bo- be bossy. <laughs> Everyone in the world. I'm loving it. This is how I am with my friends up close. Uh, um <laughs> So after you give us the, the general landscape, I want to get right into those dreams. Let's do the general landscape first. Well, there's, uh, it's always familiar locations, but like a bizarro land. Like things are, things are the same or like, like a, but they're just not. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but they're always in color. Um, and yeah, I really have no, no sense of smell or anything like that. But it's it is it's like bizarro land or places I've never been before. Do you have you encountered uh, things like books or anything with script in them? Uh, there was this one time where I had a stack of invoices, and I, it was like a work dream. I was stressing about work, and I could not read the invoices. Like I was just constantly flipping through them, trying to like look at this stuff, and none of it made any sense. And then I had people just walking up to me, asking me all these questions while I was trying to do this. And I just kept turning pages and things just didn't. So that was, that's the only thing I could really remember of anything reading, but no. What no did book. they look like? Was it blank or it was just? No, they were blank. They, they, they looked blank. There was nothing on them, but it's like, I felt like I really had to read them. So I don't know what that was. That's interesting. But that's that, more that was your secret space program training manual. <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask an inappropriate question there, but I'm going to pass. Um, There's no, no such thing as an inappropriate question. Second with me hum of the night. Anyway, okay, so let's get to the dreams where you died in them. Okay, one was I got shot right in the forehead. And I, I, I swear I felt the bullet go into my head and I felt myself stop breathing. And then I woke up gasping for breath and it was, uh, that was crazy. I don't remember what the situation was, 
but it's like I almost came to my dream state as that was happening. Like somebody had a gun and just shot me right in the forehead. How old and, were you at this time? Oh, it's maybe tw- early 20s. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, the other time was, it wasn't too long after. They were, they were pretty close to each other. Uh, I, I was falling, just, just falling, and I hit the ground. And as I hit the ground, like, it felt like I was just tackled, like I felt a shock go through my entire body. And I just, I woke up like just, just freaking out, but it's, it was weird. Cause it's like, I felt like a crunch in my head. Like I, I just, I, I felt it, but like there was no pain afterwards. So I don't know, I don't know what that was all about. How old were you in this one? It was right around the same time, early twenties. Okay. That's interesting. And also that one had, did I just hear you right? That one also had a tactile, the feel aspect. Oh yeah, yeah. I I felt that. Both of them did. Mm-hmm. See, that's interesting. And so, when you woke up after these, what were what were the general feelings or thoughts that were? It, it's it's one of those. It's an initial just fear waking up and then talking myself like, okay, that was a dream. I'm in reality right now, and just talking myself down until, but just fear. My heart's just pounding. And then I, I just kind of calmed down immediately, but it's. So before that, in, in both of these are either, was there, you're going about these dreams and then these, this rather intense situation happens where you are facing uh, your mortality. Is this when you became more lucid? I, I always associate uh, some of this stuff with the higher lucidity rate. No, if I've never been. It, I don't think I've ever been lucid in a dream. I always wake up confused or like what? Like I, I know that there's certain times I could wake myself up. Like if I'm having like a, like in a in a terrible situation. Like there's been dreams where I've been arrested and I'm heading to jail, and I'm just like, and then I'm able to get myself like wake myself up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's... So back to the death ones though. When. Uh, this really is a, uh, it's higher lucidity. So I don't know where, what your own personal scale is for lucidity that leads to falling out of body. Um, I mean, this state could be considered lucid, you know, you're lucid right now. So the idea of feeling it and then it haunts you afterwards, there's a suggestion there that you were going to and you live that you were you were actually having some sort of awakening you know into the dream mm-hmm. well that's that's the whole thing about dreams like that's it just we experience them it's something that like we whether or not what, what state of mind we're in we experience them they affect us emotionally like how that's it, it's how could you find any difference between reality like you still have you're still taking in information you're still getting affected by it it's got an impact on you granted there's no like quote-unquote like real world repercussions from them but there's i don't know it's dreams fucking dreams <laughs> and they're fascinating and i you know there i know that 
I mean, there's so much there. And now, especially, there's so many more studies going on. And since we can map the brain in a way now that we were never able to, it's, it's mm. all interesting. And one of the studies I was looking at recently was they were mapping the gut and the brain. So what was going on with the whole nervous system around the gut, your gut, and um, is there connected? You know, of course, everything in the body is connected. Yeah, Everyone everything. You know yep. this. It's not like news everything um, in the universe is connected nish <laughs> yeah i agree i'm with you 100 percent on that and mm-hmm. uh, i've always felt that it's just i think sometimes we wait for people in roles of role that official to give us an okay right yeah well that's how they've made a whole generation of people just slumber not think about things it's like we go to school, we're conditioned to learn this shit. You do your things, you know, this is what you do. You go through the, just, you just, it's crazy. We've been just trained our entire lives. That's all it is. When did you see that for what it is? Uh, that, whew, high school. And that was probably, uh, I remember my, my older brother went off to college and then he came back with all like a and just got me into a bunch of punk rock and that's kind of when i went down my whole counterculture everything fuck the system kind of look deeper things like there's fuckery afoot just all sorts of stuff like that how old were you at that time 15 yeah probably 15 14 or 15 yeah oh that's good yeah, and then that's when things just all spiraled out of control. Then I found out what girls in pod are, and shit just went off the rails for a while. A long while. I didn't, get, I didn't get to be a pothead until college. Oh man, you were lucky. Yeah, I didn't go to college because I was a pothead before college. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't stay in college because I was a pothead. <laughs> there you go <laughs> oh man okay so i want to focus in on around this 15 around 13 14 15 when the hormones are really pumping you know and you're thumping and all that's throbbing <laughs> and, <laughs> and so your dream life if you can recall back to things that were making it into that realm does anything stick out death dreams happen about you know five years seven five to seven years later hmm. no no i don't uh I, honestly i don't remember there was no impactful dreams or anything happening at that time that i can remember there was nothing like that was kind of just I was, I was just discovering, discovering the world, mm-hmm. and I don't. Yeah, there was really no, or nothing that yeah, nothing that sticks out or I can remember. No vivid dreams, no weird experiences. It was just trying all the different flavors of life. <laughs> yeah. So, and in this kind of adolescence period, um, the supernatural stuff was that at all coming forward the sci-fi stuff since you were becoming aware of the me- mechanism of the pavlovian world we live in no 
I think I had a filter up at that point to the to the uh, the supernatural world. Like I was, I just I there was a very hard like you know where I was just like you know atheist, fuck all that stuff, like science. You get you get into this mind bent, or I, I just you know you don't think outside the box. It's just like science. Science proves it. Science is real. Like this is the thing that we look at. Yeah, it, it's. So I definitely suffered that that brain damage for a while. Even though this is the period of time when you were seeing. Yeah, but I th- that was script. more like a, like a political stance, like or just seeing how the world worked. Like I didn't actually, I wasn't looking at there's something further deeper. Like it was more just, uh, you know, like actual corruption going on and stuff like that. Like it wasn't, I didn't go deep into the woo. I didn't touch the woo for a little bit. Okay. And, and then still on the mechanics of the dream, what about paralysis? I've never had sleep paralysis, but there's been times when like, uh, I would get off work and I'd, I'd kind of fall asleep and be in a half asleep, half awake state where it, it's like I was, I could feel myself like it's, it's possible I could have gone out of body or something. Like I could, I knew what was going on around me, but I couldn't really do anything, but it didn't, it didn't have like the fear of a paralysis or anything like that. Like, well, it doesn't uh, have to be the fear, just experience of it itself where you couldn't wake up, you know, no, I've always been able to wake myself up. I have never really been stuck in a situation like that. You know, a lot of times that's when the people that's when people get to experience some of the the darker stuff, like the hag and mm-hmm. the hat man. Yeah, uh, the hat man and um, the that thing stuff interests the hell out of me. Shadow people, general. Yeah, yeah. Well, this even, that's even a, this is a crazy story because my uh, well, my my brother experienced sleep paralysis, but this was a time like. This is mid nineties or something. And he was, uh, I remember him waking up in the morning and just like, he looked really panicked and he told like me and my mom and dad that he couldn't move. There were people over his bed and he felt like he was like getting abducted by aliens or something. Like everybody just kind of was like, okay, you know, whatever. Cause my brother was just a huge dork. He was, a, you know, just obsessed with X-Files and stuff. But then when I found out about sleep paralysis later in life, I was like, oh shit, that's what he experienced. Like it sounded exactly like sleep paralysis stories, exactly what he experienced. But that, that I remember that having an impact on me because, like, I always looked up to my brother, or always I still I still do. And I res- and when he's said something like that, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, he experienced something like that. Like, I was I was young, and it it, it left an impression on me for sure. Have you brought that phenomenon to his attention? Oh yeah, yeah. But he's he's just like, oh yeah, okay. He, he does he doesn't really care. He's he's got his he's got a family in his life and working at Apple now, so he just kind of does his thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's strange how we get into the wheel of it all, and then most people don't think about this stuff until later in life and they're closer to death. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the wheel, the wheel. All right, so and then on the mechanics of dreaming as well. Do you have any? Do you find that you snore or sleep apnea? Yeah, I do. I do snore. I've, uh, I do, but I don't think I have sleep apnea. But I mean, I, I could have sleep apnea because there's times when 
I I wake up just like like gasping for breath, my breath. Like I feel like so. I, yeah, I might. It's possible. <laughs> and have you been known at all to sleep, talk, and walk? No, nope. Never sleep, talking, walking. Okay. You know, I'm finding that to be really rare, actually. You know, uh, on the sleep talking, funny little story here. Um, when we went to CryptidCon, I shared a room with Ren, Ren Collier. I and, loved his show on the on oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You guys did an awesome show with him. Ren's great. But, uh, yeah, it totally talks in his sleep. Like, I woke up and I was like, what is going on right now? And Ren was like, <laughs> he was, I'm like, he's, I'm like, he's having some kind of... Uh, He's going oh, somewhere right now. No way. That's awesome. That just anchors everything he said on Nox Monday. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Rand doesn't take shit. He eats demons for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, he was he was talking to something though. And I don't think it was in English. I don't know what it was. I think <gasps> things were getting serious. He's I like a Van Helsing that. on the uh, astral plane, right? <laughs> Rand's a badass, especially Astro. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yes, his, he is. Yeah, I, I, re- I still refer to his story a lot about eating that thing i know <laughs> i tried to attach him and he beat it up and ate it i mean that's come on that's like some of the best yeah. stuff ever about taking control <laughs> and also you know that it was something external from him also mm-hmm. so it's not just taking personal control but again right these things it's related the stuff we're doing in our everyday worlds are related to what we're doing in our unconscious and our on the inside yeah um it's shallower deep as we want it to be right I know uh, sorry i just i i love that whole uh you know just hearing him talk or or what it, he said he mentioned a theory one time i think it was ren but about how what if all that's what ghosts are it's just people dreaming and you know other people are experiencing them in the in the real world but you're just experiencing their astral selves like it's it's shit yeah. like that that Yep. Which, that, that gives me brain boners. I, I just love thinking about that. I get the same boners. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really, I have wood for it, for real. Yes. That's one of the theories that's still on the table for me, and no one has knocked it off. It, it, it's really plausible to me. Yeah. Yep. That's the kind of stuff I like, though, because I don't know facts or things, and I just love speculating. So <laughs> just, well, just and, speculating no, and hypothesizing. It's great. This is what this is old school, and I it's the OG when you can just speculate openly amongst people and not worry about having to cite everything. Yes, we just kind of get to a deeper place without worrying about cite. You can cite later. You can you can follow up later, but the juices need to flow. So yeah. don't get in the way. That's how great ideas have been formed throughout history. It's just people sitting around talking. <laughs> totally. So, okay, I want to get into some specifics now of dreaming. Um, here's my four. Jerry, I've got a count here. That's four of them. Uh, almost five. So, dead people and, and, and being, do you experience them in the dream realm? Hmm. Others that, that are no. not you. So you, well, you I mean, know, I experience you know yourself in dreams, and I think you know when you're driving the dream, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll I'll experience other people, but it's never like it's it's people that like from my past or people that I know. It's rarely unfamiliar people or any sort of beings or anything. I've never encountered anything like that. 
Yeah, in the union paradigm, it's the people with the persona recognized in daily life are usually it's all kind of you anyway. So they're it, they represent, uh, right. you know, the closer in that person you get their persona of someone, and it's that you see that quality in yourself. And the deeper content is often deeper aspects of the same complex or whatever you're going through that is stripped now of outer world connotations where you can have an encounter with it, with your sensate or your, you know, whichever function you're working with. Uh, it's, it's the stuff that when you shift it all up in a dream, when you try to command it or move around or you want to do something and things push back and are not you, Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, for all, there's, I don't know. It could have been the person who pulled the trigger behind that gun. Like, like there's, there's so, I, I feel like there's a lot of times I dream and I have no, I like, I don't remember them at all. And that's most nights. In fact, on that person that pulled the trigger, do you recall what they look like? No idea. That's that's the whole thing. Both of those death dreams, I didn't realize that I was dreaming until I was right at that point. Like, that's when I snapped into the dream, and then I woke up. See, that's what I was saying earlier, is that you were going lucid right there. Where it's a, like an OBE, where, it, you know... You're, you, you didn't know you were dreaming, and then all of a sudden it's like, holy crap, I'm dreaming. I'm awake in the dream. Oh, I see what you're saying now. Yeah. yeah. That's a very significant point to get to, and it often takes incredible circumstances to wake you up, if I were to use you know, some cliche. Mm -hmm. However, the waking up is waking up within the dream. Right. So you were right there. If you would have rode that out. I was dead. <laughs> I could have write anything out. -ish. It was done this after that. The resurrection. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> all right. Okay. So what about ghosts in your dreams? Oh, never in my dreams. Never ghosts. But I, dead I've, people I've you recalled. Know. No. No, never encountered any dead people I know. Which, uh, which is, it's you know, I don't, I've just a weird. I come from kind of a young family, so it's like when I was younger, I had two sets of great grandparents that were both still alive until I was probably fourteen or fifteen, and then there was one year where like all four of them just dropped off at the same time. There's mm -hmm. like four funerals in a row, and that 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 year just kind of completely desensitized me to death where it's I don't, I don't know if it's like a i mean it's not a good thing but it's it, it made me come to terms with okay this is just what happens to people like, how old were you okay. with that year i it was i was 15 i want to say oh okay yeah Get that 15 year again yeah but yeah that was that was a rough year because it was just one after another just constantly going to the hospital because another grandparent was in there were you close to any of them Oh yeah, our whole our whole family. I mean, everybody lives pretty close to each other, so you know, see them every holiday, most time on Sundays and stuff. Being younger, just going over to grandparents. So, so in this year when they all passed on, what did you make of death at that time? Uh, an inevitability. 
Like it's something that every single person, no matter who you are, what you do, everybody's going to experience this. It's, it's the great equalizer. Like death is, death is the biggest part of life. It's the only thing that happens to everyone mm-hmm. besides birth. I mean, <laughs> right. Those, those, so those similar. Are, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I've, I've come to terms with it. It could happen at any time. Mm-hmm. You know? Were you before that, before the grands all passed on, what was your relationship with the concept of death? Really? Um, other than like, a like uh, having my dog die when I was like probably eight or eight or nine, like really nothing. Like it was, it was something that, you know, I just saw in the movies and shit and on TV. And never, there was never anything, anybody close to my family or anybody that really passed away until then. And then it all just like hit me with a ton of bricks. Like, oh shit. (laughs) Were you, did you ever have fear around it during either of these before the grants passed and then the year that they passed? Mm, Yeah. I mean, there's, there was always just, yeah. Yeah. I think there was always just a fear of death. Cause I mean, nobody wants to die. Mm-hmm. You just, that's, which could also have to do with like anxiety dreams that I have. I'm sure that's back there too. It's just a fear. Yeah. Of yeah. Well, there are people that are really, ter- they can't even actually talk about it. it and yeah. I've never been like that. Bit. Yeah. I've never had that uh, kind of fear about it. Where, so where are you now with the concept of it? You gave us a, a lot actually just to expound on it a little more. Well, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, pretty much what I said. I mean, it's just, it's, it's something that everybody's going to experience. It could happen at any time. You know, it's, I don't know what happens. Nobody really does. So it's, it's the biggest mystery, but it's the most common thing. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I'm only, I'm only asking these questions if I feel I can with you. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, because so, Nish, you can ask me anything. <laughs> I know, so I love you. Okay, so I do want to. I want to talk more about this, though. So, when you think about your death, that is coming at some point, whenever it is, what thoughts kind of immediately roll in? What do I get reincarnated? That's the biggest thing. Like, does is reincarnation a thing? Like, does our soul go off somewhere? Do we? What What happens? Because there's been a couple times where I, I've. I've had some like like where I passed out pretty bad. Like I remember this one time, I was at we, we were all at my buddy's house and uh, we were sitting around for a while drinking. We were playing cards, smoking, drinking for a few hours. And I stood up to go take a piss, and I got so lightheaded that I instantly just passed out. Like I just I dropped, collapsed. Mm-hmm. And I remember going like it, it was weird because it's like I I was out of my body. I could hear things that were kind of going on in the background. And then I felt like I was gone. And then I slowly felt myself get sucked back into my, my buddy Jerry's just like slapping me in the face, trying to wake me up. He's got me in his arms. And that was, uh, and I was like, this, I'm like, this is probably kind of what death is like. <laughs> like that was, but yeah, that, other than that, uh, I don't even know why I went off on that talking about death, but. Well, yeah. I'm asking about death, so that's why. Oh yeah, well, there was there's some kind of point why I trailed down that. <laughs> it's long gone. Uh, but yeah, when I no, when I think about myself dying, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's 
it's intriguing. Like it's a mystery that I think everybody wants to know the answer to, like what happens. But I feel that's the thing. Like nobody will ever know what happens. It's like once you're dead, you're do you do you know like do, like does how does the spirit live on? Does it leave the body? Like what what is what what is this? Mm-hmm. And it's like I've I know that like what are what are what are even spirits? Because I've I've experienced this crazy, I've told it before on the show a couple of times, but uh, with my ex-girlfriend, like uh, a long time ago, it was probably like 12 years ago, we were in her house and she would always tell me that the house is haunted. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And one night we were, we were smoking, like getting high as fuck on our bed. And there was this uh, candle burning next to her bed and a pillow fell off like the side of the bed and it caught on fire. But neither of us noticed it. And then these three canvas paintings just like slam to the ground and the CD player starts going crazy. And then I look over and I notice the fire and put it out. So that to me was like something warned me that there's something oh, going yeah. on in this room. And that that was kind of one of those. That was weird. Like that that made me made me think twice about if there's more going on. That's an amazing story. I actually hadn't heard that. So that mm. is a good example of the sync for me everything kind of ties into like synchronistic universe mm-hmm. we're paying attention and um that's a big deal as that was causalities there could have been way different scenarios oh yeah because it's like this thing's just yeah that was it was crazy so i was like well if you do have a ghost in this house it's definitely a kind spirit because it helped us out there <laughs> when you I want to get to ghosts in waking time here in a minute. However, when you think about death, I'm not done with death. Oh, we when can talk th- death all night. Good. So can I. We can talk it all night. When you think about death and yours, we're talking about your death. Okay. How close do you feel to it? Like, is it something that seems really far off to you? Or is it something that is ever present? And what is, where is it in this kind of, illusion of time and i i don't ever think about it it doesn't exist because if it's going to happen i in my mind it's i won't realize it happening it's just going to happen so it's nothing to worry about nothing to think about when it happens it happens it's it's not uh it's a non-issue like it's going to happen inevitably so don't don't think about it There's a whole school of thought in magical orders, even, you know, some Buddhists, all, all, both a lot. I mean, I think all religions are based on death anyway, but that's another podcast. There were the deeper occulted stuff is all about pondering your own death and playing into it. So not necessarily scenarios of your own death, the idea of moving through. And uh, much like birth and and drawing the power, I talk about this a lot because I I do this. It's a, a meditation of mine, and using the power of this enormous amount of energy it must take, even though it can be so fast or so drawn out, to finally let go and pass on through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the idea of drawing upon it and meditating on your own death and how it comes and, and, and kind of like vamping off that energy is 
interesting. I highly suggest it to everyone. It's That's interesting. Here's, here's, okay, here's, I have a couple initial thoughts on this. If, okay, everybody's going to die. It's going to happen. But is putting that much thought and energy almost like a time waster? Like, it's good, it's good to think about it. But if you're, if you're, if you're putting that much energy in it, that seems like something where you could turn that around and put that energy towards your existent life that's happening right now. Because I've never like, I've, I've yet to see anybody who's like, Oh yeah, I've, I, I died and I'm back now. And it's because I did all this meditation and thought on my death. Like I just, I don't, I feel death isn't something that anybody should really concern themselves with or, uh, well, maybe not concern themselves with, but just don't, don't give it a lot of thought because it's going to happen regardless whether you, you put, put thought to it or not. Well, the, one of the focuses of that practice is, is not to, not to manifest it. It's already okay. there happening. It is to level out your, say you do it in the morning, like your morning Tai Chi or whatever, your morning coffee is to level out where you are. And okay, I got you. A sense of um, levity right. in a way, right? It, it makes things that seem really serious almost comical mm-hmm. if you if you use it as a polarizing factor or element rather than something doom and gloom or even just the idea of endings. It, it expands your immortalness, if that's if that's a word. It, no, it, it's totally it opens a word. You, up. you can open up into it like the dream, right. really, where it all goes for me. So, and this is in particular why I why I mention it. It's not about particulars of it. It's about making that line from birth to death, cradle to the tomb, and circling it to zero point. And now we have something working. Okay, I see what you're zero. saying. And now time is not linear. And from the zero point, we can do a lot of things. Think about toroidal, you know, think about sacred geometry and what's possible from one mm-hmm. point that is a line also. And with that line, and that point of death becomes more significant and less, less surface level in the I like that death birth I like that (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) what do you think of uh oh shit my brain just literally emptied like there's nothing whatever I was just gonna say just completely disappeared you Steve I vamped hold on one sec it's gotta come back (laughs) oh man (laughs) oh yeah what do you think of like uh fate or destiny like things that are written you're the guest here I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wrote it. Dude, turning the tables on me, especially. <laughs> I don't know. So, in that note, and in, in that note, and then on that note, I'm going to turn that back at you. What are your ideas? And this is most Knox Mente question. You know, fate and intent. Where do you stand with the whole idea of that in the chaos of it all, or in the order of it all? I mean, I, I. I think people really have the power to maybe not like drastically no like yeah to to pretty much manifest your intent on the world or your will like you can put enough energy out there 
And whether or not you get results that you want, like things that happen may be something you need in a roundabout way that you just didn't know that you want. But I think, I really think that uh, you can make the world what you want of it. It's, it's, a, it's a possibility. You just have to have the right attitude. Right. And so you're speaking of, of intent. What about the things that you have? Is everything malleable to your will? Are, no. are there things that are, you, you know, like an impasse? Are there things that are just faded and fixed and structured? Uh, yeah. I mean, there, there, there may be to a point, but I feel like you could maybe control things on a micro, uh, a micro level. Like, like say, like if you're at the grocery store or something and you see somebody, you could like smile and say hi to them rather than just ignoring them. And that could maybe cause some kind of chain reaction to make that person a little happier or there, there's, there's just little things I feel you could do throughout the day. It's, you gotta, you gotta start small. I don't think you like, you can't just be like, okay, I'm going to be a fucking millionaire today and have a yacht and make that happen in a day. Like you might be able to progress just by doing little things. Oh, I, and just, I, I just agree. having that attitude, just having that attitude in general, I think is, is better off. Right. Well, attitudes, perspective and perspective is kind of like perception right mm -hmm. and so it, perception is the key here and, and you talked about that earlier when you started to question things around the age of 15 you, you know this mm -hmm. whole kind of pavlovian experience uh, through school especially yeah so however you didn't really touch on fate of of not being able things that are unable to unmovable um I, I don't like think that uh, immutable. Down. Yeah. Immutable, immutable. So, what about these permanent? Permanent. Um, I don't think there's anything that's really permanence. Like you could, I mean, whether this might be grim, but no matter what, uh, what happens, you could always take the death card and uh get out of any situation that you're in can you? so i don't well i mean not everybody i i could never do it which i'm putting that on the record right now that if i ever wind up dead and they say it's a suicide <laughs> that's bullshit know, right <laughs> hello yeah. um yeah, there's seven jesus uh that is that is a big thing to talk about i'd like to i'd like you to kind of expand on that Suicide? On on the idea of yes, yeah, so, so suicide in general. The idea that you think that there is this kind of like wild card or this get out of jail card, which is suicide. So you right. really get out of jail. And so this is asking now we're going down kind of more the eastern route of karma and uh, in cause and effect, causal realities. Like, does that create a chain? Do you actually ever get away from anything? I don't know. Who knows? I mean, in in this current reality that everybody is uh, experiencing at the same time in this reality right now that me and you are in, those that person gets out of it at that point. What happens beyond that, if there is some sort of karma or something that happens in another dimension, I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those like it's 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 super interesting and i think things like that 
may be implemented to stop people from doing things like like no because it does like if for our base reality that we experience that person doesn't have bills anymore they don't have to worry about any problems in their life they lose all the love in their life they lose lose everything but they're gone i often think about and well there are so many it's such a it's such a heavily toned spectrum there on one hand say you're you've been given terminal and you're you're headed that way and you decide i'm not going to do the last bit where people are wiping my arse all this yeah Um, and and so i'm going to end it here and this is a good spot and there's something about that that seems i'm fine with whatever people do i'm really i'm free will all the way yep me too (laughs) however just in just for parsing this out or that seems different to me those kinds of things and those scenarios than being upset about you know this girl left me or this boy left me or that bill's too big you know whatever can seem really insignificant sometimes with space and time Mm -hmm. and to then check out on those notes seems a little you know they're just not comparable they're different realms of suicide yeah i i mean that's it's suicide is it's it's i don't even know how to explain it but it's something that i don't know why you would want to get out of this life like this is this is this is the guaranteed life like we could speculate and we could think about everything else that happens beyond but this is what we have now and we just should make the best of it no matter what happens like it's it's just like just experience your life like don't don't end it before it has to end it's gonna happen anyway you don't need a cheat code to get to the end yeah i i agree i mean i have experienced really dark i know you have too really dark periods that were just complete blackness where i could not see my hand and uh that you know all that's crossed i think most people if they're honest for those that are born with like the trines and and can you know great charts everything's just hunky dory those of us with the darker shade and i think yeah. that's the majority of people living life on earth at this point uh will find themselves in the, in the pits at some point yeah and- i don't i don't trust somebody who's like sober they have that clean life they have a six-figure job they're just there like that's 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 i don't know that that's like an npc that's not a real person to me like mm-hmm. the like I just what, what everybody has a dark shadow and what the fuck is going on with those people or why are they able to do this in life like what's what's going on here but yeah that, well, I'm sorry about that <laughs> it's well that's where we're going with this it, so much of it feels to me especially at this end is I haven't been seriously depressed in a very very long time even when you know like my mama I'm almost on the 20 year anniversary of my mama's death and uh which was traumatic i mean she was the person i loved the most on this planet and still loved the most out of everyone and uh i'm not sure what it is between her and i because she was a terrible mother and uh <laughs> she was the goddess at the same time especially i guess next year a dark goddess 
it, it's it all feels like lessons to me on this end where I am now as opposed to being in the pits that I can recall at, at a younger age dealing with a lot of death I love very early on and and then feeling there were no choices no options locked in and those thoughts came in and were swimming around me constantly and now having pushed through and gone through this and I it all just looks so testified in mm-hmm. a martial arts sense you know like chug enough water up the hill every single day for a long time and you get to some sort of inner sense that this is leading somewhere that you weren't aware of in the beginning that something else is going on and that's where i mm-hmm. feel and that's how i feel about it now yeah well that's that's i mean when you hear the biggest success stories out there they have the most fucked up past like that that shit definitely tests you challenges you it makes you stronger as a person going through all that stuff when you're young like it's it's the choices we make in the end and mm-hmm. and that's also kind of mirrors this idea of i'm sure there's better language for this but the choices we we make that mirror this idea of it's kind of a test all these things kind of are a test and all of this at the same time is playing out in our dream life whether we're remembering oh, these dreams or not nope. so i don't know that's the thing about dreams everybody does them like everybody dreams everybody dreams and everybody dies like that's this it's what what are the, what's the significance behind this what is this why do we do it? What's this land we go to? This is fucking crazy. And yet, if we look at the big, big story arcs in in religions and some of the mythologies, there are those figures that give us a hint that there's a code to break. Right? Christ mm-hmm. rises. the The whole risen thing, mm-hmm. the whole immortal code is within, in all the religions somewhere, in there. So whether it's reincarnation or rising at the second coming where everybody rises back up um it's all over it's all over the supernatural manuscript so bible i consider supernatural like marzuli does um so there's a code there i think steve there's something i totally agree with you and that's also i feel part of the reason why you know this whole new religion of science is coming over and less people are looking into these older texts or looking back and it's it's what there's 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 a war (laughs) there's there's a war going on in our minds 100 percent that i'm convinced of definitely and that also speaks to when you're realizing this when you're 15 you were at, oh. coming to that. Yeah. And clearly you've only gone deeper into that territory. Well, what else, what else happened when I was 15 was, uh, that, that was probably, oh, that was the, the Bush, the Bush Gore election. And I remember being old enough to kind of understand what was going on. And I couldn't understand why Al Gore wasn't the president. And then I was like, okay, because like there was all this, this voter fuckery or something going on. But, uh, I was like, wait a minute. And then 9-11 hit and nothing, everything just went downhill after that. Like, I just, I did not believe anything. I was just like, just anti-war, everything. Like, just 9-11 was an inside job since day one. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I'm not sure how I, I recall getting, I was working in the counseling center at the college I was going to, and it was on the, you know, I saw like right there in the very beginning, I, I didn't at all have a sense of, it was an inside job. It didn't even seem real. I was watching videos, I think, MTV or BH1 was playing and they interrupted. And so I thought, is this a joke? At no. first, <laughs> it seemed like a joke. and. Uh, and it took me a long time to actually come to terms to look deeper into what was going on, strangely enough, to come to terms with the fact that nothing lined up. Oh. So I bought the narrative for a very long time. Right. I mean, it, yeah, it was, uh, it was fucked up. It was really fucked And I also remember, like, uh, do you remember the WTO riots and protests in Seattle in, like, 99? Yes. Cause I remember being like really young online, like looking up that shit. Cause, uh, this one band, uh, anti-flag that I used to listen to, they, uh, they were, they were like singing about it in a song. And like, I just, I remember reading up on these WTO riots and shit. And just, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on back then that my young mind didn't comprehend, but I knew things weren't right. So in terms of dreaming, these things in the this is a dream world. podcast <laughs> right. no this is I, I think the whole goddamn thing is a dream pardon my french not to take the lord's name in vain people but i do <laughs> Which feel like lord? exactly um i do feel like the whole thing is somehow dreamlike and i'm wondering so this is where i was going in a, in the dream like when you were the your two death dreams when you realized you were that it was good you were gonna die that you died you wake up right yeah and this is after like i i lay there and i feel my breath like i take my last breath and that's when i wake up like it's mm -hmm. like i slowly feel the life leave my body it's 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 fucked up <laughs> and so what in general that is if you would have been able to ride that out, realized you were awake within the dream, which I right. think is a goal. Uh, I think that's truly that risen state. I think that this is what the Bible talks about with the resurrection and uh, the experience that Arthur had and all of these great mystics. I think that's the crux. That's the point. It's a matter of attaining it and getting to it and then holding on to it. So if we consider that the world we live in right now, as real as it is, the consequences and stakes seem completely real. You know, you stab, you bleed, you die, all mm -hmm. this stuff. How can we get to that idea without being the crazy person also on the corner? You know, I, is what it, you I, I just had a thought pop into my head. The only reason that we call this reality is because we can't wake up out of it. Whereas in dreams, we can wake up. So it's but like, can we? This is what my whole point. Yeah, that is, yeah. I mean, I've, it, I've, it's at the core of religions and stuff. It's at the core of of the dreaming, the dream time, and it's you can see if you're looking with the right lens, you can see this in like the Egyptian Book of the Dead, how uh, even even the uh, A Course in Miracles, how the whole body's not even real. So. Mm. Yeah, well, that's people, you know, who take high doses of uh, 
psychedelics they experience that ego death where they don't even have an eye anymore or anything it's just <sighs> so with like your dreams of you realize you realize you're dying you die and then you wake back up into this life mm-hmm. this waking life you're having right now and how crazy the outer world is. And, and the problem with what I see going on is that we're all agreeing on the craziness now. Yes, which exactly. Is, we're agreeing on it, which is great. Is that we're all seeing something is definitely up. However, if we're in a normal dream, which we, you know, we're going to call the go to sleep and have a dream. That's the world of normal dreams where we don't have that amount of agreement now we have people are agreeing that there's fuckery going on everywhere whatever the particulars are whether the the weather alone whether it's weather warfare or god's second coming and revelation and um or what whatever however the craziness of just weather alone is creating a narrative where everyone's saying and looking around saying this is some fuckery this ain't yeah. normal well, I think people are just coming around to realizing that we all need to be questioning reality at all times. Like that's that's how we should live. Always question everything. I am I'm with you 100%. And yet there's this fine line that keeps us bound to not wanting to be that person on the corner talking crazy. Yeah. But like it's there's like how, some sense how, of gravity, right? The, like the only thing that makes that person crazy though, is that because they don't see the same consensus reality that the rest of us see, like, who knows, they could be seeing a reality also that crazy person on the corner or the person in the, in the psych ward or something like that's Yes. Who's yes. to say that their reality is any less real than us because it's affecting them the same way that it would affect somebody experiencing real life. Like it's, well, it's just like Legion, world. that graphic novel, you know, yeah. right? the, in the war in the great tv series he is he crazy i see this is the thing i and this is why people that work in the field i think are interesting to that have an open mind to deal with with people having what we'll call commonly known as psychotic episodes right mm -hmm. but they're listening to these stories and and as Jung noted there's a lot of overlap with the stories. There's the God complex, the people that feel like they're the chosen one, whether it's on the good side or whatever, because some people feel like they're the chosen antichrist and, <laughs> um, you know, all this. So who says they're not? <laughs> and they're born, there's this sense of, of, um, of fate being born for something important. You know, this is a yep. red flag in the world of psychology, a very big red flag. And, mm -hmm. um, and yet, what if there's something to it that's, that's beyond, say, a psychological mm, law? Yeah, I mean, it's, who knows? I mean, really, what's, they, for all we know, they, they could be the second coming of Christ or coming of Satan or whoever they want to be. Like, what that person is, that's the reality. They're experiencing it. It's happening to them. One of the... Uh, this we were talking to Matt Belair one time. He's got a podcast, and he was telling us about how, like, a lot of like homeless people and stuff are potentially spirit guides. That one of his guests told him. Mm -hmm. So, he's, uh, yeah, he he said he's just been making he's been making a habit of just like like donating the money or, or just like and he's had some weird experiences 
that I, I I can't even remember. But uh, yeah, you go back, listen to our Matt Butler episode, Cruise Mistake. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, just, I agree. Everyone yeah, should. What the... I have I have also said this. There there. I mean, I've on some day told the story about sitting Buddha in uh, uh, on Argyle Street where I lived for a while in Chicago, and it was unbelievable. And then many, 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 quote unquote, homeless people that I've interacted with have brought great amount of wisdom in my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, that's what he was saying. Stuff like that's, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, you get past the piss smell with some of them and they're cool in there. (laughs) But it's like, you hear, you hear stories like that and it's, it, it just, it makes me think. There's something well, it's seated in it's seated in even video games and all this is in the quest, right? There's oh, always yeah. oh. there's something somewhere from some all these unexpected, even if they're NPCs, they have a jewel for you or a tool mm-hmm. or guidance somewhere. Yes, they all have I exclamation think, points over their heads. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> there's something to it. There really is something to it, and that's what even makes this idea of the wheel everyone's on more ridiculous. The more conformed and almost Saturnian, right? Mm-hmm. Suited up and constricted and and this set of rules keeps you separate from or detached from or creates a crust over you that somehow shuts down your sensate to navigate the world around you in a more open way. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're just, uh, we're a bunch of uh, indentured slaves that are put here because a group of elites thought that this is the best way to run a society to where they won't get out of line and it'll be the most efficient and we're just expected to play along with it. Get in debt. That's really good programming. That's really good programming. Uh Uh-huh, it is. It's great programming. What Nish said, and I forgot my thing, whatever you just said. Welcome my life, Jerry. Yeah, really. <laughs> oh, Jerry, I wish you would remember. What were you talking about? Uh, I don't know. Some guy told me once, though, that that's basically uh, that's a pothead's life is having a series of great ideas that you could never remember. <laughs> I, I've always Jerry, been like this. Yes, we, Jerry. We were talking about the wisdom in home. Right, right, right. But then you said something else too, and oh, and I, video games. And right, right. What I was going to say is that the the fact that that kind of shit exists is just evidence to me that this is some kind of repetitious. You can call it a learning center. You can call it a torture center. Either way, you know, it's just yeah. a, it's a thing you do. Hmm. I don't know. I've I, I just I've always I've always felt like I've been more of an observer of things rather than actually I just I've always looked at things and questioned them. Just stuff's never felt right. And I'm I'm much more comfortable like being at a party or something, just sitting back and watching people rather than getting involved. Welcome like just, to my world. Quantum yeah, lurker. Exactly. Yeah. Also, this, this it's, it's, I find this connects a lot of us. Uh-huh. Just that introverted lifestyle, you know. Mm-hmm. Just absorb it. I love I love watching human human interaction. And just it's it's a great thing. Well, within mythology, the observer is a very, very important role. It's as important as the hero. It's the it owl. Is, mm-hmm. It is the owl in some mythos, and it's 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 very significant. And I, I notice it in a we always know our own, you know. Uh, oh. 
So I think I, that's I, why me and uh, me and James Cruz make such a great dynamic because he could just go off the rails with just stream of consciousness spewing out. Like to kind of sit back and observe and get him to tone back if he has to. <laughs> I love James I love Cruz. When James gets going. I know. He does. <laughs> love James Cruz. Yeah, you guys. Okay. He's my boy. He's your boy. Boy. All right. So, oh, pity. All right. So, in in the dream experience, let me get my bearings back here. Oh, I wanted to ask you. Okay, so I want to do this little series of of word associations with you. Okay. So here we go. First thing that pops into your mind. All right. Okay. Deep water. Deep water impact. I don't know why that just came into my head. (laughs) Space, deep space. Deep space nine. I love the movie (laughs) reference here. Uh, uh, The deep wood, the deep forest. I just, I had an image of Tolkien for some reason, like Lord of the Rings. That was the first (laughs) thing that popped into my head. That's awesome. Great. So water that is not deep water like a swimming pool like blue water where you can see clear beautiful water oh i just just think of a beach and uh some pacific island beach or something clear water i don't that's that's all i'm picturing something shallow there's probably supposed to be some deeper meaning to this (laughs) no 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 you know why i asked because i like to get an idea just like the the early stuff get an idea where you're coming from and so there's context we i i say deep water and i have a certain idea of it so we find definitions that i understand where you're coming from that's all i'm not gotcha. analyze one that's why we don't do that on this show uh, although that would be fun yeah exactly be, i need to be psychoanalyzed it would be irresponsible and i'm sure we'd get in trouble however so <laughs> Okay, so in in the in your life of dreaming, have you ever dealt with things in do you have a lot of water dreams, first of all, and then within that, things in the water? Hmm. Not really. I don't uh I can't recall any sort of water dreams off the top of my head. Pretty much, uh, although, uh, I mean, now a lot of my dreams are based in this bizarro land that kind of looks like where I live, but not really. And I, I that's pretty much where they all are. But uh, no, I don't, don't, don't have too many water dreams. And or if any. you can look at the, just the general, what comes to the forefront of your mind. Are your dreams, do they revolve more around, say, cities and buildings? Or where does nature play? What's the scale here? Um, there's, the, there's a spot. I, I have this lately, like probably the past two years, I've been having recurring dreams where it's, this, it's, it's like, it's basically like where I live. Like the, the the entire region, but it's not quite. And there's times where there's this forest that I go to in my dreams, but a lot of the times I'm just doing menial tasks, 
like nothing nothing really is going on but what's really crazy is what sparked all of these dreams off was the first initial dream where i swear to god there was ufos coming they were coming like over the fucking house i could see them and i was just fleeing in this in this like alternative reality like where it's it's like this place but it isn't and ever since then i kind of go back to that dream or that dreamland and it's like i'm just i'm just doing dumb shit like uh like running errands or going somewhere or just like nothing there's there's little little stuff going on but nothing significant ever but it's Wait, all can, but would you give us the totality of that dream as you recall it with the with the with the ufos yeah um it was this no this might have been like five years ago maybe five years ago because i was in my old apartment with my ex and i remember waking up or or just being in the dream like i was watching tv and this thing came across yeah yeah probably yeah it was it was i was i was about 28 or something but uh and then this thing came across saying alien invasion shit was going on and we kind of lived like uh we live like right by a gas station and it came across saying like they were targeting gas stations they were gonna like blow them all up so there's gonna be this, be this huge explosion at uh at my apartment so like i was trying to get out of there and flee and i remember having just like i felt it like i looked up in the sky and there was a ufo right over me and i felt it like it just it felt so real in my dreams and then like we got in the car and we drove out and it was like it it, it was i was driving but it was it was familiar, but it wasn't like colors were off. Things were just kind of different. And uh, we ended up going to like my ex's parents house because like there was no gas station by there or something. And then uh, once we got there, I woke up. But this the just the the familiarity of that that drive, because it's like I experienced the whole drive up there and things were different like that. That world I go back to, but I've never seen UFOs in it again in a dream or anything but just that color and that feeling it's a feeling that i get it's, mm -hmm. it's it's weird that's fascinating i this is this is fascinating and do you recall what the the craft looked like it's just a saucer like it so was nothing like classic. yeah the classic saucer like billy meyer shit <laughs> uh -huh. interesting and so and this again had that pretty lucid feel that you were having a heavy since they experienced mm -hmm. it yeah definitely no yeah it's it felt very very real like i just remember looking up and feeling that like just feeling the presence of that craft over me it was it was weird and when you came back and were were thinking about it what was the feeling then um it, I mean, really, nothing. It was so. I was just like, man, that was a fucked up dream. Like that was kind of that was my <laughs> yes. whole wake and bake. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It was like, oh, that was that was that was crazy. Like, yeah, that's interesting. Just... It's 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 um, it's significant, and I can certainly see why they were. So that that's interesting. Did you have you had other dreams that were maybe feature UFOs or other nope. worlds? That was no, that was the only one. The only one. I've had dreams where like I've I've flown and stuff, but my flying's really broken in dreams. Like I have to doggy paddle in the sky to get going. Like it's 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 rough. 
It's rough flying in my dreams. Wait, wait, wait. You donkey paddle. Oh. Like I have to, I have to, I, I get a, the, the couple flying dreams I have had, I have to get a running start. And then like, I feel like I could just start paddling really fast. And then I'm just like swimming through the air almost like it's, it's, it's janky flying. It's not fun. It's a lot of work. So you actually don't enjoy it when you're flying? I mean, it's, uh, no, it's awesome, but it's just like, man, I just wish I could just take off. Yeah. And is it always this doggy paddles? Yeah, the, the couple the couple times I have had it, it's always been like that, like swimming. It's like yeah. I'm trying to swim through the air. Well, that's significant too. Is so do you have any details around these couple times? What else was going on in those dreams? Nope. I just have that's all I remember from those dreams. Just because the experience and the sensation felt cool. And that kind of stuck with me. Like, I don't remember whole dreams or why situations happen, but like another one I remember where like I was in a fight, but I couldn't throw a punch. Like it was so, it's, it was so hard. Like it was like I was underwater trying to throw a punch. So I don't know what the significance behind that is. <laughs> See, now the water stuff's coming out. Oh yeah. The, now that you mention it, I guess right. that is water oh, stuff. It's not, water. it's the feeling of water, but not actual uh, water being in the dream. Yeah, but I don't need to give that away. I have to. It has to come naturally. Yeah, I don't. It just here it is. <laughs> so that the punch dream is there more to it than that? Other, it felt like you're punching kind of water or liquid. Yeah, like I could not give. I couldn't give a full power punch for the life of me. It was just these these terrible punches. <laughs> what? So and then let's come back to space. At this point in waking life, where we are now. What do you think space is? I don't know. It's a huge, vast emptiness of nothing that we're not meant to go out to. We're just, it's, it's the background program just running or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Well, why do you say we're not meant to go out to? I mean, we're not, we're, we're not designed to be in space, so why should we go out there? I mean, we can't breathe. Oh, who even knows? We can't fly. That right there tells me that we need to stay on the ground. <laughs> we would have been given wings if we were meant to do that kind of shit. Freaking Icarus stuff. I don't know. So, so on the in this query here, if so, back to the reality is a dream. Everything's a dream. This is all the dreaming, right? Okay. But, and so then, if we ground that into into the other side of the brain that says consequence that okay i'm gonna you want to you want to come at me with this is all a dream well i'm gonna, gonna slap you and you're gonna feel that what are the what's your sense of and this is a ponder and you don't even have to agree that this is all a dream what's your sense of that you and you've certainly experienced cause and effect in your life uh What's your sense of that? Is there, are there real world consequences? How real is reality? Oh, I totally think there's, yeah, there's real world consequences. Like if you hit somebody, you're going to get hit back. I mean, it's, it's, it's immediate. I, I definitely do think that, but who knows? Maybe, maybe when we die, we just wake up in another dream. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Or it's just another in-game experience. Yeah. No, Is but yeah, the what's... your character in any of these games comes up against something that's got more power or points. Yeah. 
you fuck with it, you're gonna die. Well, there's yeah, there's there's just something about the the physics and the reality of 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 the base reality we all experience. There's something that makes it uh, tangible. Maybe that is pain or some sort of sense or sense that we have in this state of consciousness. Like I don't I don't know. All right, well, let's let's ponder this into where the gaming industry is going that we know. So we've got the virtual reality experience right now that mm-hmm. anyone can have in their house right now. Yep. And um, Oculus Rift, everyone's on board with this. So it's not sci-fi. Uh, and the experiences are getting more real. And there's plenty of high-end gaming out there that's for the privilege where you can and and also the experiments and the gamers that are developing these things where they're hooking up neurotransmitters and a neural net to affect everything so you mm-hmm. all your sensate stuff that makes it even more real is it possible at some point and again this is a ponder is it possible at some point we went down this road Oh, totally. I mean, for all we know, our reality could be something somebody's sitting at and manifesting right now. And just our AIs become so advanced that we're creating the machine that created us. Who knows? So it would be, a, it, you would have consequences in those games, though. If someone's mm-hmm. slapping you, you've got the neural net around you, you're going to feel it. If they kill yep. you, you die in the game. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's very, I mean, we could all be avatars right now. Who knows? Jerry, Jerry wants to pop in. I, I want Jerry to nope. no. Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's hard to tell. We can't really tell, but no, there is no way to tell. There's, no, I mean, I don't, I baseline don't, reality. This, it leads to the moral compass, is where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. It just seems and like a religion is great, but it's just another religion in and of itself. The whole holographic universe, you know, it's yep. just, you're trading one belief system for another. So. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's human experience. We, we grasp for a belief system because there's so many questions that we don't have answers to. And that's why science is the nicest because that seems like it's provable in a lab, you know, and all this shit. So people feel like they can grasp onto that. So where do all these narratives come from about like, uh, like the whole ascension shit and the, the event, quote unquote event, you know, like all that stuff, where do those narratives come from? I think it comes from people doing shit like we're doing right now, just sitting around bullshitting, having crazy hypotheses, you know, crazy ideas, and you just let uh, you roll with it long enough. And... Yeah, but then what? Then they channel this information to each other. I mean, people are receiving allegedly this information. From... Well, that's yeah. Who knows? That's what that I'm goes talking. back to yeah. <laughs> that goes back to what's what's reality? That's right. the reality that they're experiencing. And <laughs> like, it's yet another thing that makes me think that this is some kind of simulation. Such a bad word, but it's the only thing I've got. Some kind of simu- something run by a, uh, an intelligence. Put it that way, right? Mm-hmm. Or, which is built from many groups of collectives. So if you had a bunch of AIs, like call it the Palladian Collective, right? Would be one, but then there's also an Arcturian Collective, and people are channeling these collectives of information. I don't think any of these people channel channel a, a single individual. It's always some kind of group. Okay. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. I mean, the Nine or whoever it is that, uh, or have you ever heard Paul Paul Selig do his uh, his whole channeling thing before? No. I mean, that's that's a trip. You're that guy. Well, I've heard Daryl, what's his face? Uh, Bashar. 
They and all trip me out when they get it. The Dronus. Yeah, it's Brad so Johnson weird. does a Dronus and does a... But it's, it's like, what is that? And who knows if they're even channeling anything? That could be like something in their subconscious. Could be part of the act. They don't even... Yeah, it's, but, it but, is. But that's like, the question. Okay, so if it is part of his subconscious, where did he learn that stuff that he's talking about? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, that, that could have something to do with the reincarnation thing. Maybe it's uh, learned knowledge that's been passed down. And uh, who knows? What if, <laughs> what if these people who channel are just like connecting to their DNA lineage or something? It's possible. Yeah. What I if, mean, your ancestors, your ancestors are the best people to here's contact. Some, here's some speculation. What if DNA is like some kind of memory library computer that, that you access through your subconscious or through meditation? Or through I focus, love that idea. Through focus, right? But... Your whole world is kept, keeps you busy from focusing on anything but it. Right. Well, and we see that in the, we see that in the old cuneiforms and in some of the scrolls that have been transcribed, that that's, looks like a thought that was going on. The mm -hmm. DNA that we see clearly in cuneiforms is somehow yeah. a very big factor here. You got to think that. There's a reason that this information and knowledge was stamped out. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it's like, who knows what our mind is even subconsciously tapping into anyway, because it's like, if, if, if we didn't know we were breathing, you know, we breathe without even thinking about it. It's just shit, shit like that just happens. So it's like, if something's happening that we're not really only, aware of. Only exhaling. Inhaling is a voluntary action. Or I'm sorry, it's in, inhaling is involuntary. Exhaling is voluntary. Okay. All so, right. like, if you go underwater and hold your breath, you will involuntarily inhale. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that always brings to mind the idea that there's always a there's always a chance for the will to to take it deeper. To take there's always an option to go deeper with something. Mm -hmm. There's the there's the habitual thing. Of the body's non-response, non-cognitive uh, functions, involuntary, and then, right, involuntary, yeah. and then your will to live. Mostly, we see it in fight or flight takes over. Yeah, I don't know. I think our will has a has a lot to do with everything. I mean, we're the only creature on the planet that can interact the way that we do at least like and we're able to manipulate our environments and the brains just the human brains a crazy thing <laughs> like what the hell is it well that's the state of lucidity what about so with all this we see like in the stories i only use these religions as an example because so many people in the world are some sort of religious foundation and so we see the stories of what you can attain through about immortality and waking up, which is the resurrection. Uh, what about the, you know, there's a moral compass here. And as we were diving into this whole sim thing that we we're talking about just now, the moral compass somehow plays a big deal in. So say, say we realize this on some level, there's some disclosure that's happened. And this, we're really truly in some sort of sim that we created and do not know where, where we are housed. So this is all somehow now agreed upon 
a sim and so we can have whatever that what was that what are those series of movies you know where they're killing each other the purge, the purge. Yeah. yeah so we can have that knowing that there's in the end, there is something else going on, and there's a reason for it. Mm. The moral compass, say in the Bible, the moral compass that says, "Thou shalt not kill." Thou shalt not. these kinds of things about hurting others. There's a reason for that. I think in the code of the idea of immortality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's just. I don't know so if it's the just consequence is hell, right? If you kill someone, are yeah. every most people that are on on a that are stable realize that you just don't walk up to people and slap them. You, I mean, we see examples now every day with weird terrorist stuff, all the all the weird stuff going on. However, most people realize that I'm I'm not gonna just I might think it. I'm just not gonna punch this person. This just pissed me off, you know. Right. Um. Because of a code, mm-hmm. and the code is instilled in what in in the religion. And the religions are what, and so you follow me. No, I got you. No, totally. I mean, I, I, they, they are great instructors for living a, a a good life and just being just a moral life. That's the thing. I mean, you don't. It's the golden rule. You know, treat others the way you want to be treated, or it's just like don't. I I, I can never bring myself to, to killing anybody. Is there a way to break it without harm? So Jesus preached. Y'all, no, I'm not Christian. I don't know a lot about the Bible. Just using the example, but you know, I, I understand that the preaching of turn the other cheek and peace and all that. Uh, it seems like there's something in the code. There's something about. There's a way to break the code without harming others to test it. To test hmm. it. So there's some other causality that's at play here where we can find a crack in the wall or, you know, a, a sliver between breaths. And then I'm wondering also with, since we're mostly water and we understand that crystals are programmable, especially now we're lucky yeah. enough to be in that time where they're saying, yes, crystals are programmable and um the actual like quartz crystal hold all this information well you take a a drop of water structured water you it's coming off of you pouring off of you and it's it it can be it's crystals and it's in you we're crystal there's Mm -hmm. some connection there and just the magnetism we have in us too like there's it, it is there's there's definitely something in there or the ice spikes when you do ice cube trays and stuff. <laughs> Definitely. It's programmable. Uh-huh. Like that's what in, is that? that's in the normal that's a normal thing now. It's it's recognized. We are what eighty percent or something water. Right. So I'm just throwing this stuff at you. I know, but it's like what is that? What what does that mean though? Like <laughs> I mean that's it's just it's think about this. We are the same percent water that the earth Oh man. <laughs> so yeah. so with all of that, it, it it's it's back to the dreaming. And and the dreaming could just be an overlay term for for being in in this 
in this VR experience, we somehow mastered it a long time ago. If we're going to take the zero point toroidal, right? The zero point and, and pull it to a line and go point by point, beginning and end, right? And it's possible. I, I don't know. I just see a lot of connections happening here. Um, this is the problem. I don't want to give away. I don't want to front load people, and I don't because <laughs> I want I want organic answers. So it's hard for me to. to oh God, dead bring, To to bring that to bring this idea forth to get you to answer questions, um, to through these ponders. But I think that there's a lot to these codes of religion. I don't think that we have all these written religions, whether rebelling against them or not, uh, that it's all just crazy talk. The mad Arab in the desert, right? Oh, it can't be. It can't be because up until the the past century, people that's what people have lived by. That's what people have done. They've looked into these books, but it's just in recent times, I feel that we're just whitewashing everything and just throwing it out the window. But it seems but like we need... The, isn't part of the whitewash the worship aspect? Yeah. Well, that's the biggest thing with Christianity is they turn it into a business. So it's like, that's what yes. a lot of people just became completely disenfranchised with it. It's, it's crazy. Like, I remember, that's, that's, I just heard my grandpa talking on Christmas. He's going on, he's like, yeah, you know, I quit, uh, I quit going to the church when they uh, they asked us to like to pay double. Like they they were requesting that people pay double or something oh for extra, and they were like sending mail and stuff. And he's like, no, he's like, he's like, I don't need to pay all that money to worship God. Like, going, he he was like ranting. <laughs> like, Your grandpa sounds awesome. Yeah, but it's it, it's it's interesting. Like, yeah, they got greedy. I mean, fucking the Vatican, that's just, that's a shit show. <laughs> but it's also masterful. And then we have the great examples of people getting together saying, hey, I'm going to L. Ron Hubbard. And come on, I'm going to start a religion. I'm going to start a cult. Yeah. And doing it because it's it's really well, that's of principles. I think that was also just another thing that got people uh, to say, well, what the hell? If anybody can just form a religion, like what, like why? It makes more people question the religious narrative when you see just nonsense going on like that. Like L. Ron Hubbard like threw a pie in the face of all religions when he's like, nope, this is happening. I'm a sci-fi writer and I'm going to make this happen. And occultist, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yes, really, exactly. <laughs> you know, like imagine, and we're getting some of the back, back door, back room stories of when they were coming up with these ideas. Mm -hmm. You know, that group of people. And uh, it's it's interesting. So I guess my final thought on that with you, this has been an unusual Nox Mente for everyone that follows Nox Mente. It's so great. This is because Steve is our family. Ooh, yeah, well, <laughs> like, we're absolutely family, definitely. And we have a loose format. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, of course. And, and so All we care about is having an interesting show that sounds mm -hmm. good. I hope I hope it was interesting. interesting. Chit chat. Well, we're not at the end yet, baby. You ain't done. All right. We'll, we'll never be at the end, Nish. Isn't we? No, absolutely <laughs> She's not. She's edging you. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, God over, a, over a year now. Right. Over I a year know. you've been edging me. <laughs> well over a year. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. Put that in your reincarnation grinder. <laughs> so, and smoke it. So, <laughs> <laughs> grind it first. Um, oh, eight. I got eight problems to bury. So I'm really thankful Jerry brought this up because it's making me more. This is what consciousness is about: to be, be something being pointed out, and then you see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, this good, makes good job, Nish. Better. No, good yes, job. Yes, exactly. This makes us better. Uh, so, so in the end, with dreaming, is there anything that comes through where you feel like you've this is a strange place because usually this is in the middle of Noctuente. Is there anything that comes through that has been more in the realm of you've learned something, you've gotten a download, or you have had a deja vu and you can recall having a dream of that experience? Mm, no. Never gotten a download my my dreams are never profound. Uh, so nothing. But, no de, but deja, I get deja vu uh, quite a bit, but I don't ever remember it being a dream. Or maybe, yeah, actually, maybe that's happened before. Or it's just felt like, like I've dreamed, like things have happened. And I'm like, did I dream this? Like that's, that thought's definitely crossed my mind a couple times. But it's, it's always been like at work or just somewhere where I've never observed it as some kind of profound moment happening. Been you, when you're having a deja vu, do you, is, what's your experience? Do you pause with it and, and try to? Every, well, I'm completely front loaded by the matrix. So every single time I instantly think there's a glitch in the matrix. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's literally the first thing that comes to my mind. So that's, however, that's, that's actually a great thing. It makes you stop and then question and look at your environment. Right. Yeah. Or were we all just mind controlled by the Wachowski brothers or sisters or whatever? Of course, that's, that's another I aspect. Mean. I mean, you're mind controlled enough to maintain your daily routine. Yeah, I go through the motions. We I do my are. shit. I work my I work my nine to five. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing that I think that in the end, that's what's giving this collective agreement gravity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we see it with things that are that are breaking out of that, like say the yellow vest movement that's moving across yeah. the world now, where now a greater deal of people are saying, no, no, we are dreaming something different now. They're mm -hmm. Maybe they're not saying those words, but they're fed up with the old DOG, right? They're fed yeah. up and they want something new. The scales are tilting. What happens when our collective starts tilting and the gravity starts to shift um either complete or un utter chaos or uh somehow we find there, there's a way to work it out like i don't know it's it's crazy because we're also front loaded with all this shit of like post-apocalyptic societies after the government crashes so so it's like i feel people will never make that move because they have instilled in us an idea of how bad things could be like well, if I, shit hits the fan one problem i have is that 
it's not them doing it to us. It's people accepting. Well, okay, so a couple things. First of all, I'm like the media and TV and movies and all that media, that's mm-hmm. what's putting these ideas into people's heads. And that's, right, exactly. Yeah. But the people themselves are, uh, you know, accepting to watch it or they want, you know, they're opting in to watch it, to accept it. Right. Their, so that's, there's tacit consent there. So nobody's doing it to anything. What could be the underlying thing here is that whatever people think is going to be the future is where we're drawn toward yeah. or what you can think of it as will manifest that future so if everyone's mm-hmm. expecting an alien invasion we're gonna have a fucking alien invasion yeah mm-hmm. totally yep you know I, I i agree with that completely so, and i'm not i'm not pitching i'm saying people are doing we're we are doing it to ourselves nobody's doing it to us right. now <laughs> so you know take that as you may so with oh, that totally. said, exactly, is the earth shaking and a quaking and fires are roaring and all this stuff, and then the political stuff's happening at the same time. Are they connected? I have a cat on the piano. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right at that time. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, no, but I totally think they are connected. Like, I, because... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think we resonate with the earth. And if enough people are in fear and turmoil and chaos, the earth is going to pick up on that and work with the people. Like we're in a, we're in a symbiotic relationship with this, this vast organic beast hurling through space. Like it's, it does seem connected, right? There's uh-huh, all this totally. crazy earth stuff and now all this crazy people stuff. Or just like there's, there's mornings when, you know, I, I, like, like recently there's been some really clear mornings where i'll wake up and it's still dark outside i'm walking out to my car and i'll just see like i think it's venus just like blast in there and like i just look around breathe in the air and like shit just feels good like that's like my my way to just clear out and it's it's you just feel something you feel something when you're in that calmness of nature and you're actually with with the planet like it's it's a great thing i love it oh i agree i (laughs) You know, I'm a nature girl, for real. Mm-hmm. And there's something, although I will say, um, it, it, fine. going to the forest a lot, as I do, there's, the calm's always there. However, there's, something's different. Something feels different to me. And of course, I'm synchro-based, front-loaded now with all this stuff. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm like I'm pattern making like nobody's business, <laughs> and you have know, a pat- master and pattern pattern maker. So, uh, and I'm trying to be in touch with nature. Ah, oh, Jerry, I'm trying to be in touch. That's the with pattern nature. I make. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, and so, and then we know that my friend Melanie actually brought this up. There's science where the the forest releases a, releases oil, the trees release their oils like pine trees mm-hmm. and stuff and they're all under eight feet and under and you get you know you walk through a forest and you smell all that pine and cypress and all that it it's, seems interesting that it, it's at the human level that, that the forest releases all these oils and Right, and now there's whole businesses that are bottling essential oils to sell to people. So, I mean, there's obviously something to it. 
And then we've seen, say, in sci-fi movies, I can't recall the one not too long ago, where nature rebelled and created, you know, decided to kill off masses of people. Which is, I think that's what's going to happen. Like, people are so worried about, you know, all this shit that we're doing to the planet or whatever. Like, the planet's going to be fine. You know, it may wipe us out and get rid of us like like anything would get rid of a parasite mm-hmm. but humanity is going to end the planet's still going to be here that's the way i look at it so if this were an experiment say not necessarily so one aspect would be an experiment that's certainly one way to look at it another is that we trapped our own damn selves in the game mm. by just going deeper in wanting it to be more real more real more real you know, I don't just want my VR virtual reality now. I want all the senses. If I'm having sex, I want to come. And um, exactly, you know, I just want to put want... a chip in. I want to put a chip in my brain and be able to go to another reality. <laughs> yes. Make it as real as possible. Mm-hmm. So, is there a point at which, in which I lost that, Jerry? You go ahead. You had something. I lost my trail there. I was going to, he brought up, he put put a chip inside, you were talking about coming, and all I I can think of is the scene from that movie, Brain, Brainstorm, with Michael. Yes, with with, Natalie Wood. With Natalie Wood, her last movie. Yes. When the old guy clipped out the uh, orgasm scene from the porn and like looped it, (laughs) and was in his house for like four (laughs) days on this orgasm loop. It, that was awesome. That movie was way ahead of its time, too. Right there with Videodrone and all that. Soft. Yeah. It seriously was. Although, if we think, like, we got trapped here somehow, and it, it's, it's, in the, it's in that code to break, help us break out of the idea that we did trap ourselves in, trying to go deeper into the experience. Maybe there is no deeper. Maybe it's just you spend your life looking into it and you die and you come back again because it's boring not being here. Yeah. How do we even know? Like, I mean, really, <laughs> we could. And, and that's the whole thing. Uh, have you guys ever heard those stories about the children who come back and they, they remember like entire lives that they lived before and like it's able to get verified? Like, yes. like it's that's the crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Like the Indian kid who died or who. Who, uh, he had a scar on his forehead, and he said he was killed by a man in the next town with an axe at the head. And they looked up the the guy, and he did die with an axe. They would put a hole in his head. Yeah, and the kid, exactly. And, yeah, it's like crazy shit. Yeah. Well, the religious sects. I mean, isn't this even in Buddha Buddhism? Like where they know the next. You know, there's a the next one that comes and fulfills that role is ever. It's it's an an ever cycle, and they see it ahead in our in in what's waking life. They see the sign. They look for the signs, and they this is the next one. This is the next, mm-hmm. you know, leader. I don't know. It's fascinating. This is all fascinating. Is. This is it's, why I love this all this stuff. And to me, it's all intertwined. As oh, everything's connected. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So these kinds of ponders are are not only fun, they're I think they're fruitful in the end because we're opening neural pathways. We're yeah. we're actually opening up like the lotus, right? We're creating, creating them, not opening them. Mm-hmm. Creating. Ooh, I like that. 
We're making our dendrites brush here. <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> the, the organic brain, the, the human brain. The thing that runs our DNA skin suits. Things that runs everything. Like, we're, the, we're having this conversation because of it. Like, it's just, it's, it's, so, it's, I don't it's think, nuts. I don't think so. But that's me. I don't know. I mean, we got, we're experiencing the base reality. Well, <laughs> our consciousness is, but our body yeah. is just an interpreter of energy and sensory, yeah. you know, sensory sensations. I think the brain just manages all that and interfaces between our consciousness and the physical form. Right. Okay. It's a transpiler. Did you get any questions this whole time, Jared? Um, Oswald wanted to know if it was too late for questions. Uh, Please explain the origin of your name, Grimstake. Oh, man. Uh, this was back when World of Warcraft beta came out in 2003 or 2004. And uh, me and my buddy were sitting there, and I, uh, we were, I was trying to come up with a name for my, my orc rogue. And I pulled uh, Grimbold from, uh, I don't remember which Tolkien book it was, but there's this Grimbold Tower. And he's like, Grimbold, he's like, how about Grim Steak? And then we both just started laughing because, you know, and I was like, hell yeah. And uh, I, put, I put Grim Steak down and it's, it's been Grim Steak since. And that was like 15, 16 years ago. Well, what, where did Grom Steak come from? Oh, Grom Steak is because some reason some fuck has Grim Steak on Twitter for some. <laughs> I was like, who does that? <laughs> Grim Steak. I know someone had oh. Furious way back when it pissed me off. Yeah, so, yeah, so I was like, okay, I guess that I'll account never tweets. Like, give me that guy. Yep. So yeah, it's, it's the origin. It was before I was a butcher too, so it's kind of like it was, it's predestined. <laughs> that's that's your fate right there. <laughs> Did you go to school for butchery? Nope. School of hard knocks. Yeah. Just work <laughs> in the meat department store yeah. long enough. Yeah. Just yeah, work work there long enough. You pick up the. Pick up the tricks, pick up, pick up the trades, mm -hmm. start cutting some meat. That's what I do. So Ooh, hard knocks is awesome, by the way. That's I found a fantastic video from Hormel from like 1955. I'll find it and put it in the show notes. <laughs> oh, but it's no. it's called uh, how we process pork, and it starts with the pork carcasses coming in, and then oh, how yeah. they break it down, every part of it. But then every part they break down, they cut to a, mm, now you can cook it and you've got delicious bacon. You know, it's like so, <laughs> it's so cringeworthy today. But Sounds that awesome. was fantastic. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I broke my charger. Oswald said, oh, no. real butchers and good shops are awesome and I respect them. I totally agree. Uh, I've known a couple of butchers, by the way, and the one thing I've noticed that binds them together is the lanolin on their their hands are soft. Oh yeah, because you're wearing gloves all day, soft but strong. I give a massage like nobody's business, Nish. One of these days, one of these days, girl. <laughs> Ooh, with a side of loincloth. I mean, yeah, I mean, if <laughs> whatever you want, me on the side, you can get rid of it all together. <laughs> And now, and now we've devolved. Here it is. <laughs> we already we opened the show with the fact that we're friends. So yes. <laughs> y'all get to uh, see some of that. 
That's all the questions. All right. Well, this was this was fantastic, Steve. Thank right. you so much. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You guys are doing awesome. Like it, we 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 started up about the same time. We're both still trekking. I see yeah. Mente as a sister podcast to Cruising yeah. with Steak. Like it's it's yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I love you guys. We love this you too. Great. I wish Adam would we get on the goddamn Primerica FM, but whatever. Yeah, oh, we'll hound him. I'll send him texts right now. <laughs> <laughs> I should I have his number. I could text him. Yes. <laughs> Um, what else did I want to say? Thank, yeah, thanks. Um, I put your uh, link to your podcast in the show notes. And oh, cocksteak.com. Cocksteak.com. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Thanks. And uh, pleasure. I want to thank everyone for listening tonight, for stopping by. And be sure to tune in next week. We've got author Varla Ventura. Ooh. She's a ghost writer. Ghost, writes about ghosts, not a ghost writer. I love the name Barla. It's such a good name. Uh, it's a nice name. Yeah, that should be good. Yes, and now on to After Hours. No, not no After well, Hours. Also, and then Cruising with Steak. Plug your... We did. Yeah, it's on Jerry's channel, too. It's just, they're, they're on Jerry's channel. Yeah, I'm on there a lot. Jerry yeah, is on like, every the, week. like the other person. So thank you, everyone, in the chat that I don't see until later. I really... It's New Year's, so you know we're all full of love. Yeah, I'm always full of love. Mm-hmm. I love you all. Definitely. Nothing Nomad, but love. Nomad just snuck in and said, Great show. Hey, Nomad. We Nomad's love- one of our Nomad's great. I know, I miss him. We all miss him. He, he, play, he plays D&D every Monday. He's the DM. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play next week. Do yeah, it. yeah, Jerry. All right. It now. I'm going to cut the stream. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you. Good night.